power of God unto salvation. That the wrath of God must be poured out upon sin. That God's righteousness has to be satisfied. But the gospel, scandal, that it wasn't you. It was the spotless, sinless lamb of God who died in your place. That's the gospel. When Jesus, the lamb of God, dies, sins are taken away and wrath is removed. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. blindly. He doesn't get on the cross and say, no, Father, I don't want to do this. I didn't know it would cost so much. He knew from eternity how much it would cost him, and yet he still did it. If his love is like that, if he has set me free completely, I'm his. He says, such is my love too and pity for them that rather than they shall perish eternally, I will be responsible for them as their guarantee. Bring in all thy bills, Father, that I may see what they owe thee. And welcome to the Believing Theologist Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and sound doctrine in Lansing, mid-Michigan, to, to the farthest reaches of the UP. I practiced that time. <laughs> and I want to say, listening back to that, uh, listening to that intro, and actually after what we talked about initially before we started, I, the gospel is something that we cannot take lightly, even as believers. Amen. Because as I, as I was listening back to that intro, if you're any interested, that's cut up from uh, bits and pieces from a, uh, a record called VXV. Uh, by Wolves at the Gate. Look it up. It's a great record. I don't own any rights to any of this information, so if Wolves at the Gate calls me up and says, hey, stop using it, I will. <laughs> but listening back to the intro, no, you hear the voices of Vadi Bauckham, Steve Lawson. I'm not Steve Lawson. There's one. Other, I think Paul Washer was in there as well. And they're all right. The gospel is not about you. Mm-mm. It was a sinless lamb who died in your place. That's the gospel. But the question is, what does that, we come to, well, what does that mean? What does that, no, what, no, I thought I was a good person. No. You see before you on the screen two evil men who are saved by the glorious grace of God. Mm-hmm. Who in our own purpose strive to Live a holy life according to according to what is command scriptures because God has saved us. And those of you who are closest to us, I'm sure can come on here and tell all sorts of stories how we're not very holy. <laughs> Sanctification is a process. It's a walk, man. But what hap what happens when we when we forget that as believers, when we forget the gospel, we start we start trying to do things do things to be right with God in our own power. Yeah. Guess what? We can't do that. Because this morning in church, a uh, pastor was talking about the uh, parable of the uh, uh, parable of the guy, the vineyard, the guy who owned the vineyard, and hired hired a bunch of guys to come and work early in the morning, and then every so often he went and got more people to come and work. And the thing is, now, when you get to the end of that parable, it's time to pay. Okay, the guys who I hired last, have them paid first. Okay, not a problem. So the guys in the back are saying, he just got, he's only been here an hour. He just got paid a full day's pay. Sweet. Yep. And um, as it has go on, the guys who have been there all day, stop. wait a minute, hold on, you gave these guys a full dollar for an hour's work. Don't we get more? Hey, hold on. It's not my money. My choice to do with what I please. 
So you're going to complain and begrudge my generosity? Take what is take what is owed to you and go. Now, this is not a parable about judgment. But showing that God's grace, God's power is so great. If you're watching this and you're on your deathbed right now, and you don't know if you know Christ, repent of your sins now. Trust in Christ, trust, trust in Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins. Be made right with God. Amen. And there we go. There's there's the intro. All right, folks. Show's over. See you later. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Again. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Um, no, I love that parable, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many people that are ahead of us, I guess you could say, in the, in the simplest form of like others that have gone before and have been in the church for way longer than you and I. Oh, yeah. And... Um, our salvation is the same as theirs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a blessing. It's like the one time you can actually say that, get, you know, well, not the one time, but it's, you know, <laughs> for everybody else, it's it would seem kind of unfair, but it's actually the most equality-based, you know. God is just at everything that he does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And when he offers up the salvation that is can only be offered up through him, we have to understand that there are going to be those that come behind us in a few years. We may be the old guys in this, you know, the long workers that have been working there since the sun came up, since he yeah. first came to the city and was asking for workers. And though they were light, um, and when he means by low, they were light, mm-hmm. it wasn't that many. And remember, the king kept on going back out, though, and kept on trying to get the workers to come work for him, and yeah. he would only get so many at the same time. But here was the thing. He offered the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. That shows that uh, Christ's sovereignty is oh, yeah. just and equal. Okay, for I want no, that wasn't in twenty. That was sixteen. For yeah, the parable. Of course, you jumped there. Why not? I'm over here in Romans. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, we'll find it. Hey, I look at my little cheater here. Because my church has this awesome app and it has life notes, and those should still be active for today. Nice. Click. Or not. There it is. What's that? Matthew 20. I was close. You almost had it. <laughs> yeah, it's the first several verse verses. The parable of the workers in the vineyard. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic uh, parable. You know why he's doing it, though? Why he was telling the story? Why is that? Is at the same time there were going to be, there's a lot of unjust going on, like uh, with wages in this time period as well. True. And um, he was trying to show just exactly who the Son of Man was and what he was capable of doing. And he was also trying to say the equality that um, I bring forth to you is not going to be any different from those who are going to come after you. So get it in your head. And like at the same time, a lot of the disciples were arguing who's going to be better, who's better, you know. Yeah. And um, it wasn't just for the Pharisees, these stories. Um, a lot of the parables, even for today, are for us to be able to relate to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I figured out where the passage is. Now the, um, wait. Well, Jesus, why did you, why did you, why do you speak in parables? So those who are my sheep will hear. Yeah. And that those that do not that are not my sheep, their ears will be shut. <laughs> yep. There's a few times he says, <clears throat> "Now listen." Now, usually when he says that in a parable, like uh, the sower of the seeds, mm-hmm. that's a huge. He's uh, to go and continue on with this one mm-hmm. is related, even though that you may not be able to take this in relation at the time because it's in different um, yeah chapters, obviously, but. He's talking about the simple fact that there are three different types of people that are going to come to him. And some will be like the seeds that he throws on the tramping ground. You know, it doesn't have a firm rooting because the ground's already been smashed down so much. Those are those who go through trials. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So the words are not going to necessarily be, you know, you can listen to them and they may not go all the way into your heart. And then it talks about how the birds will come and pick up the seeds. Here, I'm on camera. <laughs> you always just try to creep away. 
like, <laughs> like I don't like I spend so much time adjusting the thing. <laughs> now I get here. <laughs> so then there was this <laughs> one time in like yeah. <laughs> Loud metal chair on a concrete floor. Um. No. Go ahead. No, I was thinking. Because one thing, uh, for the uh, for the those who are listening, to the audience, um, Mike, correct uh, correct me if this is not not your opinion. Okay. But when discussing the idea of equality or equity in the kingdom of God, that is not in reference to any social status, any specific stuff I have or privileges I have over other people. Right. Forgive the emphasis, uh, <laughs> emphasis there. <laughs> the emphasis. But the equality he's talking that that would be referred to there in the king in the kingdom is a equality before God. Yeah. Cuz Mike and I we come from completely different social situations. True story. I grew up in a trailer for most of my <laughs> for the first part of my life growing up. Really? Yeah. It it was it wasn't bad. I don't remember most of it. <laughs> so my parents dealt with the brunt of the uh, thing. Dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You. I'm not trying to be <laughs> crazy. Um but it's a uh No, so just because somebody has a ton of stuff and has all sorts of opportunity that doesn't appear that this other person doesn't have any opportunity whatever in the kingdom of heaven, the equality is before God. In Christ, there's no slave nor free, no male nor female, no Jew, no Gentile. We're all one in Christ. Yep. That, that has nothing to do with your social status, has nothing to do with your whatever material wealth you have or don't have. It doesn't even matter. If you're good at video games or not. No, that's cool, though. Yeah. It's about equality before God, justification in his grace. Yeah. Anyway, that's an aside. So I'm not trying to cut off. No, no. What I'm getting at is that in this story, when I read it, Mm -hmm. what I felt from it was the simple fact is that there are those who are going to have more grace than us. Oh, yeah. There's those who come from a a lineage of, like, (laughs) for lack of better words, vile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh mom's prostitute, dad's drug dealer. Dad comes out of nowhere and decides to start changing faith and the son starts to learn some things from this faith and you know find Christ whatnot. Here it is though. You have you have uh for lack of better words where you don't know exactly where you are. Yeah. And like but it's like, well this dude's got nine lives. Well, there's probably a reason why God keeps saving them is because he needs to have that. It's the only way he's going to be saved. And uh, when I read this, it, it, you know, was it verse, uh, is it 26? This is about the 11th hour. He went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. It's the 11th hour though. Yeah. Like, Let's say they started first, in, you know, working in the first hour, right? Yeah, those guys are already. Yeah, it's it wasn't wasn't in the thing. No, so the beginning of um, how my how my past how the how the pastor w- this morning how he taught it. This is kind of like a uh, situation, uh, situation where, like in the United States, no, we all know know back like during the depression, if you wanted to work and you didn't have work. You got up at the crack of dawn and stood you went down to the docks and stood in line and said, "Hey, I'm I can I I'm ready to work. I push barrels. I swing from a rope all day. What do you need me to do?" Yep. And they would choose so many. So similar kind of situation. There, they get up, go work. No, go find work in the local fields and whatnot, especially during har- harvest time in an agricultural oh, yeah. community. If you don't have a lot of hand extra hands or people people on hand for like forgive the pun. Uh, what happens is, no, the harvest ends up being late, or you don't collect as much as you need, and so on. So that's kind of what, kind of what's going on here. And as as Mike, uh, when Mike first uh, read verse six, you know, it's kind of thing. Why you just eleventh? It's the eleventh hour. So they start at six a.m. Because typically, I think that in the Jewish um, culture, their days, their beginning of the day was about six a.m. 
Yeah, it's when the, the sun up. Around around six a.m. around yeah. there. Yep. So eleventh hour is five p.m. They clock out and then time to clock out in an hour. Yep. So these guys only worked for maybe an hour, hour and a half, two most. Yeah. And they still received the same uh, rate of pay as guys who were hired at the first thing in the morning. That's glorious, though, if you look at it right. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Who, you know, you get lucky. is really it, lucky that the king, or at this time, is actually the landowner. Yeah. <coughs> came out to you, and you were still able to make the exact same amount mm-hmm. as the guy who was there at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And throughout the whole parable, the vin- the landowner is the one who's going out to find people to work. He's not waiting at his gate to see who shows up. He's going out into the street say, hey, you got a job? No. All right, come on. I got a job for you. Yep. Yep. Which is a very, very almost comforting, comforting thing. The landowner, the vineyard, the vineyard owner is going out to the street. To hire to hire somebody, yep. he's not waiting for them to come to him. No, just and, exactly in the same Jesus way. Did. In the same what way, supposed to do, man. When one is brought to faith, Christ comes to you first. No, but uh, I think it's in Romans. We love God because He first loved us. Okay. No, we don't love God because we're something special or we figured out. No, He loved us first. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. He, um, <clears throat> Christ explains um, in the first verse of uh, 21, mm-hmm. not 21, just 20 and 1. He goes, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Um, he was using parables so that they could understand because a lot of them were farmers. Yeah. Um, I mean, Obviously, farming now is kind of like decreased, and only certain you know you have to go to school and all this fun jazz here in America. But everybody did it, mm-hmm. so why not use something so it would be understood? And what he is saying is that the kingdom of heaven is a lot like a landowner. He was saying that I am the landowner. Yeah, because we understand that Jesus Christ was the. Uh, well, that's fancy. I mean, we're using the KJV. Not, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Sorry. Um, what we're trying to understand is that he and being the landowner does give salvation to anybody. Yeah. And it's not something that we can go out. And even though that they're earning their wage, mm-hmm. it, he's given the exact same thing to everybody else. So salvation yeah. is not only just for you. Mm-hmm. It's for me. Yeah. It's for the listeners. It's for the person next door to your house. It's not just for the person, you know, that's been doing it for so many years. And it's like, well, my family's been doing it this way for so long. It's like, no, 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 no. See, that's he went right. out to people that yeah. were standing still. Mm-hmm. And they, w- and what they even said, he goes, they said to him, because no one had hired us, he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is, is right, you will receive. Mm-hmm. He was literally saying, you're going to get the exact same wage as everybody else is. Yeah. In a denarii, I don't know if you how much a denarii is. I forgot what I forgot. What the, there's so many different uh, don- denotations of finances in, that are referenced in Scripture in the New Testament, and we'll I lose track of what's we'll just, what. We'll call it a, a day's wager. So, like, like let's say it's like for us, you know, guys that are uh, mediocre, making ten bucks an hour. It's what you make like a hundred bucks a day. Let's yeah. Say, right. Mm-hmm. And um. Those that, you know, you go out there, even though that you were working 12 hours, yeah, you're only going to get 100 bucks a day. Mm-hmm. But the guy who came in in an hour gets 100 bucks. Now, is that unfair when you look at it that way? Just an open well, question. Open well, question. Uh, it, to, to a certain extent, it does seem unfair, but you know, because that's kind of what what they say. What uh, was it? Where, yeah, let's throw it down here. I'm going to find it. <laughs> no. And when they received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. We've been working all dang day, man. Yeah. You're giving them the same wage as us? Did they not have a reason to argue, though? 
No, not in in a material sense, not right. necessarily. So what I'm what I'm trying to bring up the fact is is that not only were they able to argue the fact is that he the landowner says yeah with <laughs> you have the right to say this but remember take that that is thine and go thy way I will give unto thee last even as unto thee it is not lawful for me to do what I will with my own it is thine I evil because I am good so the last shall be first and the first shall be last mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, if we're going to go with that, they murmured only simply because they didn't seem it was right. No, they, they didn't believe it. They didn't think it was right at all. Yeah. But the ones that came in towards the end, mm-hmm. a lot of people like, all right, so they're the, the new Christians that are going into your church. They are on fire. Yeah. They're the fruit right now. They're those, those are the guys that are falling off of the train that are well, waiting to be picked. Well, a prime example for that, um, a Facebook land and YouTube land and stuff. Don't slaughter me when I bring this up. <laughs> I'm just bringing up new believers and say that Kanye West is a prime example of oh, this. You got to be careful. Okay. Now, he is showing some short-term, young, immature fruit as a now professing believer. Now, are there things that need to be considered as things go on? Yeah, time will be the tell. For now, we rejoice that Kanye has come to the f- has come to faith. Amen. Are you saying is it real faith? I'm not going there. I'm not going there because I don't know the man personally. Okay. I don't know enough about his personal life or what's going on right. go- going on right. to be able to make that judgment in full. Okay. So this is from afar. But what ha- but what happens because of what you're talking about? No, no. New believers are on fire. A lot of us old. A lot of us. A lot of us old curmudgeons who are, <laughs> some of us yeah, who go yeah, yeah. curmudgeoning for all the wrong reasons, we uh, we're like, well, that Kanye, he this and he that and he the other thing, and don't you know that he and his wife did that? No, he he has confessed Christ. Let's see what the let's see what the fruit's going to be, and I pray that someone would continue sol- someone solid would continue to disciple him, and he would listen. Now, as far as new believers, well, you're talking about new believers in the church. Yeah. They're on fire. They're excited. They're great. We have baptisms at, a, at our church today. Nice. Like 33 people. Whoa. Yeah. That's impressive. Like age from like 87 to 10 years old. 87. You know, that's a good call, man. Yeah. 11th hour. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we see that some people, oh, don't worry. You know, that fire is going to die down eventually. No way. Yeah. No, I'm using this as an example. As an example. As an okay. example, because okay. we, we've seen it. No, that fire's going to die down eventually. You know, you're not going to be as excited anymore. Well, slow down. Sometimes as a soul, guys, we, the, those who have been around, I'm talking like I'm old. I'm 36, for crying out loud. <laughs> hey, man, I'm 32. Hey, if, if, you're, if, you're lo- if you're a local pastor in the area and you're over the age of 50 and you're going, oh, my gosh, stop with this thinking you're old. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Our bad. Um. But those who those of us have been oh you're no you no you will calm down no, but instead of but what happens in the body I think instead of helping those people those new believers helping them to not necessarily contain their zeal but to direct it through discipleship and sound teaching we just kind of like fluff them off and not not that big of a deal. I have no idea where it's going. I'm sorry. No, you're good, man. <laughs> um, I think we need to remind ourselves that every time that we get dry, mm-hmm. like um, let's say the dryness is uh, the withering fruit. Yeah. All right. Let's just stay with like the whole fruit thing. Um, we <laughs> how do we stay watered? What does God literally say to the virgin? Not the virgin. Excuse me. She was not a virgin <laughs> at the well. The lady at the well. Yeah. Uh, Samarian. He literally says, "I can have, some, may I have some water?" Mm-hmm. And she responds to him, "Do you remember how she responds to him?" Sir, you have no cup to fill from this well; it's yeah. deep and long. And he was like, "It's funny that you're saying this to me like this, yeah. for you know not who like you have no idea how like what kind of water. If you would have asked me, I would have given you living water that you have never received, yeah. or, or never been able to receive out of anything else." So, uh, it, let's see, let's say, let's go to John. John chapter 4, right? Yeah. Yep, For those who are following along, we were just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John. Very good. 
Now we're in verse, uh, well, we're in four, John four, and it's literally the first uh, stanza is where he goes into, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made the baptized more disciples than John, and two starts off, says, knew Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did. You know, he only baptized the 12. Yeah. But, or technically not even the 12, I don't think. I don't remember. Yeah. But. So that's fine. Um he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Now, he goes up to the woman, and this picks up back up in 7, where he's talking to her, which, by the way, was, like, super, at the time, like, radical. What are you doing talking to a woman? And you're a Jew talking to a Samaritan. Yeah. Like, it's huge, dude. That is taboo. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. And that's just tradition, and that's another thing that we can go. We're just bouncing from topic to understanding. Um. Jesus was a radical in, in, in the look of things. Oh, yeah. And sometimes being radical, not obviously you can't go out and burn churches. Like, don't like thinking it's radical just to go to, you know, don't be radical. <laughs> sense of like being don't do something stupid. Stupid. Getting caught or arrested for something. Um, it says the uh, woman of Samaria came and drew water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So then the, uh, the disciples were out buying food, and they had quite hadn't seen Jesus do this yet. And uh, then the woman in the Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Um, that's actually a really quick jump into like what exactly you're well, supposed well, to do. Well, it's kind of funny, but how this conversation heard, uh, uh, or Then Seth, the woman of Samaria, and how is it thou, being a Jew, Asks drink of me, yeah. Which I am a woman of, of Samaria. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans and women like that. Yeah, like yeah, so, it, like no. it was even like and this wasn't just a simple question of how sir. I don't think this is like boy. Who are you talking to? Because <laughs> no, that she was. Because bear in mind, this is in the middle of the day. This is taking place. This isn't in the morning where everybody come to get get the water from the well. She was there in the middle of the day at the well. It was farthest away from her town. Yeah. All right. Well, and we, we can, it, it's going to dive into even more. So Jesus oh, yeah. answered and said to her, if you know the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, and you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Yo. So we're going to stop there for a real quick second. Yeah. What happens when a lot of people have to argue the fact that, well, where's women in the Bible? How respectful are men? It's a Bible. The Bible is actually more driven towards a man. Yeah. But what's about to happen is that this lady is going to go back to her city mm-hmm. and tell everybody, like, this man knows me, that things that I have never even spoken of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gonna he's gonna say he's gonna bring something up that you try to keep secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she continues. Yep. I got that button. Ha ha. She continue. Uh, she when she continues now after she said no, I'll give me, I'll give ask you for what I asked I me. Would I would give you living less water. Yeah. Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, yeah. which gives us the well and drank there for himself and his children and his cattle? What's she asking, like, really? Who do you think you are, yeah. sir? <laughs> like, whoa, dude. Like, what do you, th- wh- like, how are you even able to impose this on me? Like, what, yeah. what are you even saying right now? So, and how does Jesus respond? Jesus answered and said, oh, hey, oh. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Yep. But whoever whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him never th- shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in the name of a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So what did he just tell her? He literally just said, like, you have no idea who you're talking to. That was the first few verses yeah. before this. Mm-hmm. And then he answers her and says exactly who he is without actually having to say who he is. Yeah. And then it's going to go continue on. The woman saith unto him, give me this water. Yo, are we not? Like, that That personality trait is something that we actually have to search for. Give me this water. I, I seek yeah. this. I seek this. 
So then he answers unto her. He goes, man, go call thy husband. He set her up. Yeah. He says, go call thy husband and come here. Bring him here so I can actually talk to him now. Yeah. And um, she goes on and continues on with it. And let me switch my page here. <laughs> so then she goes, I, <laughs> the woman literally says to him, I have no husband. So then Jesus said, you have answered well. And depending on what verse you actually have, he, she answers in like the whole format. Like, I don't have a husband right now. Yep. And, but what Jesus is about to drew, drop on her is a, a mm-hmm. the load. What's yeah, he about well, to say well, to her? Well the, well, the fun thing about this, you know, because a lot of times we imagine this as a, um, as a friendly back and forth. She was debating and arguing with him throughout this whole day. <laughs> No, this isn't like nice, quiet little. I forgive me, ladies. I'm not trying to be. I'm just being facetious. Quiet, quiet little, like you see in the movies where every where all the Middle Eastern people are British. Um, <laughs> but sir, yeah, I, d- I don't have a. No, she was probably a little irritated at this after she heard the living water. Yes, I want that. I hit my microphone. Yeah, how do I receive that? I want that. How do I get it? Go grab your husband. Uh, I don't have a husband. And he even says unto her, he goes, yo, I know you don't have a husband. You answered well. You know, you don't have to lie to me. For you had five husbands. Now that's and the truth. He whom thou hast for thy husband in that, that's thou truly. And she continued, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Yeah. That's... W- I'm not trying to be rude. Think yeah. about it for anybody's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a touchy subject. Talking oh, yeah. about like something you've, how many you've been with. And I'm trying to stay politically correct. Um, It's not just for women. It's for men too, that they have, you hide that. Oh yeah. Right. What did he do? He shot right through that wall that she had already put up. She goes, I don't have a husband. And he goes, no, you're right. You don't have a husband. You got five. Yeah. And at the time, just laying with somebody was considered that would be your husband. Yeah. So um, that's what he was trying to say. Like, he was like, I know. <laughs> and he was trying to get through her heart. He, that's exactly what God does. He gives us the truth. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's not necessarily what you want to hear. Yeah. But it's got to be what you got to, you, you needed it at that point in time. And then right after that, she goes, you're a prophet. Mm-hmm. She never seen him before. Yeah. She wouldn't have called him sir. She would have called him, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she but she but the thing is she I perceive you're a prophet. But yeah. this one thing here. Now you Jews say we're supposed to worship over there, but remember she's Samaritan. Yeah. She's not considered Jewish. Yeah. No, you Jews say you have to worship, but my uh but our fathers worshipped here at this mountain. Mm-hmm. And you guys say that you got to go over there. Now, this is also another calling on to like not it, this was this message was not just for Jews. Yeah. God was bringing it out, but he hadn't he hadn't quite fully unleashed it's that, that. Slowly, o- slowly yeah, opening yep. the door. Yeah. Because now Mike and I will sometimes add little things. Now, when we're discussing these things, so it, it sometimes can get a little funny. <laughs> no, because uh, bear in mind, if you just a straight reading of this, if you actually pay attention, this isn't <coughs> necessarily a polite conversation on her part. No. But she's kind of arguing with him through those things. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. What do you want, you schmuck? What's going on? I have you living. I, I'll give you living water. Sweet. I want some. Like, how do you do? Like, how do you get yeah. this living uh, water? Go tell your husband. I don't uh, have one of those. Husband. You answered right. And maybe she was even being rude. Yeah. She's kind of being like, nah. But, af- really but after the worship, that. woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But there's that but. But the hour cometh. Yep. Now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, 
and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So he was literally telling her it's not just for the Jews. Yeah. Right now, I am. I'm trying to get them back. And it was. He was trying to clean up exactly what had oh, already. Yeah. The tradition had fallen, fallen away. And because it had fallen away so far, he literally had to go down. Like, what's the one thing that, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but if you got to, you know, if you want something done right, go do it yourself, right? Yeah. Literally what Jesus was doing. <laughs> he had to go down and That's correct. interesting way to put it. <laughs> he had to go down and correct something that had been wrong for so many years. So he was like, okay. This, in this moment in time, you have spoken truly. Mm-hmm. Salvation is for them for no moment. But there's going to be an hour where it doesn't matter who I'm calling. I'm calling everybody. Yeah. I'm calling everybody. And it's not it's not for the Jew that's over there. It's not for the person that's over there. Or it's, you know, That's what the whole point is, is that he's saying it's not just for them. It's for you. Listen to what yeah. I'm saying to you. He, he literally said to her, if you knew who was asking you, you'd ask for the living water. Yeah. Well, case in point, now as as we're talking about opening up, opening it up to the rest of the, not just the Jew. Well, it comes from the salvation is from the Jews, as we see throughout the scriptures, and right. that's how God moves. That's how God chose to move through the Jewish people, and that's where Jesus, came, the lineage in which Jesus came from. But uh, there's a uh, I once I forgot exactly where it is, but in Revelation. It's my favorite. No. <laughs> I'm not ready to discuss that one yet on air. <laughs> um, but uh, John talks about he looks up and he sees people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Yep. What's that mean, Matt? People from every, every nation, nation, tribe, tribe and, tribe and tongue. tongue. Exactly. The, the, I'll put it. The, those that God calls to his salvation are, aren't just from one little teeny tiny people group. No. It's everybody. Everybody. Yeah, and that's kind of what kinda what he's gone on to because no, we got the temple now. The temple, the temple worship was still happening. Yep. Uh, the Samaritans and Jews didn't get along because the Jews didn't like the Samaritans because they were, uh, I think traditionally, I think the for quote unquote half breeds. I'm yep. off camera again. I gotta quit doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intimidated by this beard. Look at this. <laughs> Thank you. The Lord is blessed. <laughs> um. But he goes on, talk. That, yeah, crap! I lost my train of thought. So they were half. Yeah. They were considered uh, dogs, actually. Yeah. That's actually. I mean, it's that during that time period. That's a cuss word. Don't you? Did, what did mm-hmm. you say to me? Did you just call me a dog now. Um, Son of a. Yeah, exactly. Don't answer. Don't. You fill don't have. Yeah, just <laughs> fill it in with your head. Don't even worry about it. But um, so then it goes on. This is where it kind of gets real, though. Yeah. Um, she takes this as a very, very literal, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're, she's like literally learning in her uh-huh. head through the conversation that she had just had yeah. with Jesus Christ that he was the living water mm-hmm. and he is the prophet. Yeah. So she goes back to her city. A lot of women and uh, or some atheists and some men will argue the fact that women don't have a high priority in the Bible. Um, oh, that's un- that is untrue. That is very untrue, especially in these verses right here. It talks about a woman taking the whole city, dude. The yeah. wh- the whole city comes out to talk to this man because she because of her mm-hmm. testimony. And that's another thing. They will know, you know, they will you know survive off of your testimony. They will continue to come closer because of your testimony. Your yeah. testimony may be considered weak in your mind, but it's your testimony to Jesus Christ. Don't get lost in the translation of like, well, mine's not strong enough. Yeah, there's a comedian out there called Brad Stein, and he talked about now he's intimidated by um, different uh, t- testimonies he would hear at church. Is intimidated by him? Well, it was part of one of his comedic bits, but yeah. there's a point home. He talks about how uh, no, somebody said no. I uh, I I just came to Jesus and you know the Lord delivered me from alcoholism. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, woohoo! Now what? what how do how do? Okay, it's my turn next. I gotta. Somebody else comes up. I and the Lord freed me from from narcotic addiction. Man, if I only could have been addicted to that. <laughs> <laughs> then he he, ta- he kind of talks about. And I get there. Yes, the uh, Lord. Deliver me from long division <laughs> and my mathematical <laughs> shackles. <laughs> <Yeah>. In mathematics. <laughs> no, and but mathematics. case in point, 
like you were saying, our testimony is of the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Regardless of where we're at. That's right. No, and for somebody who's, well, I've always grown up in a good home and a good neighborhood, and God didn't really save me from anything super crazy. Praise God. Yeah, be glad that you did not go through that. Praise God. Praise God he had you in a situation where you didn't necessarily have to worry about those things. But he still saved you from your sin. Amen. He cleansed your sin. That is more than enough reason to rejoice. Yeah. And getting back to the text here, when she went back, she went back to the city, she left her water pot and went away to the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all the things I ever did. Is this not is not this the Christ? Yep. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And then his disciples, you know, talk about stuff, trying to figure stuff out, trying to figure out a couple of things out. No, again, going back going back to the, the audio intro. This is what the gospel looks like. Jesus is the living water. Yep. This is like a piece of what he was. Oh, yeah. Very, it's very like a cake. It's like a 17-layer cake. Mm-hmm. Um, but the simple point is is that he he came to save. Yeah. And that's what the and that's who she knew. She knew who he was. She goes, "You're the Messiah." Mm-hmm. Now remember, you're talking about somebody who wasn't Jewish. Recognizing yeah. that. Yeah, cuz after their conversation, no, she's like No, she said to him, "I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things." And, and Jesus said to her, I am him. He. You're talking to him right yeah, now. I am he. And that's when she was like, yo, mm-hmm. I knew it. Because she first called him a prophet, right? That's pretty yeah. big. How, when's, the, when's the last time you call somebody a prophet? Like, unless they were like, Matt, I've seen you <laughs> while you're, you know, hanging out in your bedroom, you know, just, you know, sitting there and thinking through the night. And then they literally give you your thoughts yeah that's that would be intimidating mm-hmm. he literally told her how many people she had been with yeah just being real that's what that was and it would uh if you think about it how often <laughs> do we <laughs> run into something like that oh yeah she knew she was like now there comes a guy there's supposedly supposed to be a guy the messiah and he literally answers to her. He goes, I, that you speak unto thee, I am. Mm-hmm. You know how many times has uh, God introduced himself as I am? A ton of times. Oh, yeah. All the forefathers he ever gave, like Abraham. I am that I, I am. I am. Which is very, Moses. Sig- very significant. Huge. That's yeah. an identifier. Because yeah. uh, there's a reason, I, I think it was in the uh, trial, uh, the kangaroo court that the... Uh, Elders and the priests put the, of the temple put together. A kangaroo court. Well, it kind of was. Yeah. Now, this court is illegal. There should be at least 40 elders, and we're not supposed to try a man by night. And Caiaphas, what do you know? I know exactly. You don't know anything. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things, now, who are you? No, they're tr- trying to find something to do. The one thing he finally said, he says, I am, which is the same idiom that God uses to refer to himself throughout the entire Throughout the entire Old Testament, throughout the entire all the law and the prophets. Yeah, when when he was introducing himself to Moses, and Moses was like, "I can't go out there. There's no way I can go out there. And how do I? How am I supposed to introduce myself to these people? They're not going to believe who I am. I used to prosecute them. I am sent you. Tell them I am has sent you. Yeah, you know. So like that is like a huge awakener, and that that moment should be that gunshot. That's exactly what that was. Um, for her, though, at the same time, when he told her how many people that she had been with, mm-hmm. and put yourself in her her shoes, especially in these this day and age where sexuality is so like prevalent, it's everywhere, dude. Well, it's everywhere still. That hasn't changed over for the past twenty five hundred years, story, at least. True story. We are definitely getting into where it's more open now. Yeah. Was it in the fifties? You couldn't ask somebody like, "Well, who are you sleeping with?" That would be like, <laughs> "What, Ch- boy?" Don't yeah. you ever. <laughs> I remember my grandma, she used to she used to tell me that don't you ever kiss and tell. You know what I mean? <laughs> she, seriously, that was one of the, that was one of her that things. She said, fun. Don't don't kiss yeah. and tell. And when you look at it, you look at it from that perspective and you're trying to hold everything in and you're not trying to tell anybody, especially for a woman to be out there, a woman 
be out there by herself and not married at that time, that's also something that's kind of like, bro, bro, where, where were you been, girl? Yeah. So he literally establishes himself first as a prophet without even having to say that he was a prophet. <coughs> kind of big. That's kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. Then he literally tells her, like, well, I am he. Yeah. Because she, she he never said it. She said it to him. She goes, well, there's a Messiah out there. Now, this is the exact same thing that the Jews were trying to kill him for. Yeah. Saying that he was God. Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid to admit who you follow, though, either. That also oh, puts absolutely. a testament on it. Yeah. God wasn't afraid to say who he was. Mm-hmm. You cannot be afraid to say who you follow. Yeah, and as believers nowadays, it's quite, uh, I'll say difficult. Because what, what do you mean? Because I know for myself, um, I'm not a perfect person by we any stretch of not. imagination. I was past couple days. I've been really past several, well, several days. I've been really convicted over you know leading my family properly and according to the scriptures and whatnot. Just as a even at the most basic catechesis, I always like get like cold feet and chicken out. You know, most <laughs> I no, I'm being quite serious. Like for example, like okay. most I've been doing is like. No, my, no daughter want my daughter wanted to read so I'm like, let's read through Ruth. So we read through Ruth over the course of several days. Beautiful book, by the way. Yeah, and then, and she's like, I want to read. Well, what do you want to read next? And I let, I let her through. She's like, Second Kings. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she's interested and she wants to hear more. And I've started like myself, kind of going over and bits and pieces over the London Baptist 1689 Confession of Faith. No, just try to get a solid understanding un, 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 under, under my belt. Yep. Now, do I put the... No, please bear in mind, for those of you who may not be confessional or think the confessions and creeds are dumb, no, they are not. Compare them to Scripture. Scripture has the final word, yes. But those things help can help us. Confessing your sins to your brother? No, uh, why say Confession of Faith? Like... Uh, you got the London Baptist Confession of Faith, um, Westminster Confession, uh, Lutheran Confessions in the Book of Concord, okay. those, ki- those yeah, kind of things. Yeah. The Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, Athanasius' Creed. Um, Whoa. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> are you being sarcastic right A now? little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> no, but um, those are important to note because men who have come before us, who actually had the hard job of actually figuring this stuff out, before any of that stuff was available. Now it's good to l- good to uh, learn from them, and I've been I've been trying to do that. But in back no, leaving my family trying for okay, I got well, I be, try to teach my wife a little bit, kind of what I've been learning over the past. Sometimes I ramble and ramble. And some of you listening, will you shut up? <laughs> and and uh, and um. And sometimes she gets a little bored, but but we've started learning things a little bit things together. We'll watch we'll watch you uh, different uh, different uh, YouTube videos, different teachers and things and whatnot every uh, every few nights as long as we don't fall asleep in our chairs <laughs> at nine <laughs> nine p.m. For those of you who are parents of young children, you know exactly what I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. But even in that, um. Because I was think I was thinking today, you know, watching all the uh, baptisms, and there's a part of me that was almost crushed. Why? Because I want to see my own children in that baptismal tank. For sure, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But then I started beating myself up because I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, and knowing full well what God expects of me. Now, bear in mind, I'm not trying to work. I'm not trying to. Gain favor of God by my works. That's not the point. Well, being priests of the home is our goal. Oh, that's yes, absolutely. And the fathers to the home. And I have no idea why I started down this bunny train. <laughs> well, it's the whole point of what she had did. Yeah. She actually went out and actually did is preached the word. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do to our kids. Yeah. Moses said, start the day, end the day with Scripture. Um, take that very seriously sometimes, man. Like, there are days where we slack. You're, 
You know, it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it's a walk. It's not a run. Mm-hmm. Christianity had never been a run, or they wouldn't have called it a walk. You know, step by step. And when we get closer to God, we, we find this happy medium sometimes where yeah. we, we plateau out. And that's that whole new baptism to, like, aged Baptists, or not Baptists, but being baptized. Yeah. Where you, like, you start to kind of, like, dwindle that fire. Mm-hmm. For me, I would have to say that it's more of, like, you're kindling the fire and it's still going, but you're learning how to tame it. Yeah. And it's not necessarily your tameable fire. God has given you the ability to talk to your family. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, what this woman did here, after God had actually went and talked to her, and Jesus Christ went and talked to her, she goes back to the city and gives them their test- her testimony. It says, he knows me. So the whole city's like, how? Like, what happened? They literally come back out. And, like, even the disciples are like, what is, what's happening? Yeah. This one woman got the whole city to come out and talk to this dude. And then it picks up. It says, come see a man in 29. Mm-hmm. We're still in 4. Verse 29. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She asks a valuable question. And this also helps out. Like, for those who want to ask questions, don't be afraid. Oh, yeah. You're allowed to ask questions. He, was, he wants to answer. You have to knock on the door for him to answer the door. Then they went out into the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat, eat something. And it goes on to him explaining, like, he doesn't need to eat right now. Yeah. He's doing something that is, this is what his purpose was. He goes, I've already been fed. This is my food that's on a different (coughs) purpose. And the disciples say one to another, has anyone brought him food, like anything to eat? Because he said, I have food to eat in which you do not know. So he's saying, I've been fed off of the bread of life. God is, God feed it, fed him, if you, in the sense of a purpose. And he was like, he wasn't like, that's like when you never work so hard that you're not hungry. Yeah. That's the whole point. Like, that's how I perceive it. When I was reading that, that's exactly what I mm-hmm. seen. Yeah. Was that simple fact that was like, yeah, I, I'm ready. Like, don't even worry about me right now. I'm working. I got, I got, I'm, I got business going on. Yeah. And then it goes, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So like after all these people had come out and then he even goes into a different like understanding about the reapers. There are reapers and reapers and there's sowers and sowers and those Mm -hmm. will be happy. But to, to bring it together, if you would, he's saying that my job is to ready this harvest so that when the reapers do come, the grain will be white, and at the time it's like wheat turns starts turning white and yeah. dries out. I need you to be ready. Mm-hmm. So the, he was telling the disciples, in a sense, they're going to have the exact same job, but they didn't know, they didn't they didn't realize what he was saying to them. Like you're going to yeah. just listen to what is about to happen. You need to go do the same thing. How often did um let's say like in a percentage wise, what was the percentage weight to sermon to action? To you in the Bible. Like, all right, so how often did he heal? And how often did he actually preach? Per you, to you, this is not like a, a theology hmm. question. Uh, this okay. is more of like, <laughs> maybe if I put it in a different uh, question. So, like, how often would he go out and heal to just to constantly hearing about sermons from it? A lot, both uh, coincided. Fairly for well. For the most part. So you're saying he's like 50-50. Maybe, but, maybe, but he never, his si- the signs almost always accompanied him preaching. So it would almost be 80-20 then. He uh, didn't necessarily do works. Mm-hmm. He was trying to prove who he was. Yeah. In a form of discipleship, the only way that you and I can actually learn something is if we're taught it. Yeah. He was doing the same thing for them. And it wasn't just the disciples he was doing that to. He was doing that to anybody that was listening. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it had to. we had to go out through faith. Yeah. We're, and we're taking this leap mm-hmm. of understanding that he is who he is. And what are we told to do? Act just like him, right? Mm-hmm. What did he do? He helped others. 
the only way that he knew how to, which was heal, like something miraculous. Some of the things well, we can't well, yeah, touch on. Yeah, but, but all the all, all of his all of the miraculous horses healings, if you if you pay attention to text, a lot of them were salvific in nature. For sure. No, what everything is that? so that people that Well, what I said, uh for example, best example, the woman with the issue of the blood. Issue of blood. Yep. Now he's in the middle of the crowd. He's going over to Jairus, Jairus' house because he said, "Yeah, I'll heal your daughter." And um, then something happens, and he stops the whole crowd. Wait, stop! Disciples, what? What? What happened? Someone touched me. Um, everybody touched, touching you, Lord. <laughs> everybody. He says, "No, no, I felt the power go out of me." Yep. And he's trying to, and he's walking around trying to, trying to. Okay, what? What just happened? And the woman and this woman comes up and says, "Now she had he- already heard. Now the way you read text, you know she's already heard of who Jesus is, what he could do, and understood his claims." Yep, she had when faith. She, come, she already had faith. She comes up. I was afraid to come. No, I. And she explained. No, I bled for twenty for for was it twelve years? Twelve years. Which for a woman, that's a really long time. That's an extremely long time. And but the, but all the doctors that she went to, she spent all the cash. She, she could twelve or twenty, I can't remember. Yeah, it's chapter in Mark, is the story. I forgot exactly. It's okay. Address. We'll jump to it. But as I'm twelve, twelve, and she, now she comes to and she comes to him and this this healing. And he just smiles upon her and says, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace." The faith she had was not faith to be healed. wasn't necessarily faith to be healed. It was faith in the person of Jesus Christ, the God Man. Um, other si- other situation, other situations. Uh, the woman, uh, the woman in the um, caught in ad- caught in adultery. Uh, again, in John. No, uh, this woman's been committed. Been co- Caught in adultery, and so we're going to do this, and law says we got a stoner. And so technically, Jesus, you know, according according to the law, acting as the judge in that situation, mm-hmm. I forgot what the, pa- what the, what I don't, not sure exactly what the relevant according passages are. According to Moses' are. law. Yep, according to Moses' law, and according to Moses' law, Jesus was acting as the judge in this situation. Yep. And he told her, he looked at the crowd, which... Those of you who are without sin, you may cast the first stone. What was he saying? All you were saying. Yeah, and they and and nobody could do it. They're like, <laughs> bear in mind they brought they they brought him meekly because according to the law, if someone's caught in adultery, you bring both of them, not just the one, but both. Yep. They didn't do that, and but and one by one they left, and Jesus turned to her and said, "Who is here now to condemn you? Neither do I." Go and sin no more. And she was saved. Saved from being stoned? No. Saved from her sins. It is 12 years. Matthew um, 9, 18 is where oh. it starts with the girl's resurrection. Okay, Matthew, okay. Yeah, the version I the, the ver- I always read the Mark one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's always two, and that's the whole point. That's why there's so many Gospels is so that we can get a different point of view every time. Oh, yeah. And you got it. You, everybody's going to have a different point of view. Like Matt's going to have a different point of view than I. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just we remember what we're using to guide our thoughts. And that's also kind of brings up to the whole point. The woman may not have been Jewish, so she may not have had the scrolls to even read from. Yeah. But she knew. Mm-hmm. She had something to follow, though. She was using something to follow, and it was in the same likeness that she had heard that there was going to be a Messiah. She literally brings up that fact. Yeah, they're supposed to be. I know Jew. the Messiah is supposed to be of the Jews, but what's that have to do with us Americans? Yeah, like how's how is back it to John chapter four? If yeah, that's you back following to John. Along. And um, so then we use that 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 as a as a vocal point. Okay, we are not going to be perfect. She thought she wasn't perfect at all. She knew she wasn't perfect. She didn't. She didn't even realize like who she was talking to until after he had dropped the knowledge of like who she was. That's what God does to you, dude. Yeah. I mean, if you're still stuck in this whole, like, well, he doesn't know me. No, he he knows you. Mm-hmm. 
and your your first thing that you're supposed to do is to recognize that he knows you one and then two give up that the moment that he said that to her she goes you're a prophet mm-hmm. if we don't recognize that and as sinners because that's how you introduce this we are going to be lost if we do not recognize that we were sinners and if we do not repent. So that was a form of her repentance, if you would. Yeah. When she literally said, you are, you are, yeah, you are him. And he, when he answered to her, he goes, I am he who you speak of. Yeah. She dropped that pot and ran back to the city. Mm-hmm. What else are we supposed to do? It's at the end of Matthew. Matthew literally talks about the last commission. Correct? Yeah, the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Was it Matthew 29? Uh, 28. 28? Yeah, of course. There is no Matthew 28. 29. Yeah, thanks, man. My bad, man. Jeez. 20, 28. Yep. 28, verse 16. And this is why we kind of brought this together, so that the women and any male who's out there that believes that it's not just for... um. It's just for men. Like, this is only a man's thing. It's all bigotry, and it's a misogynist. It's not. She was given that. She was. Did, she went out and did it without being told. Mm-hmm. Was it 16? Matthew 28, 16. Yeah, 28, 16. You want to read the first verse, buddy? Yeah. Now switch uh, translations here a little bit to the ESV. It's okay. easier for me to read. Yep, no, you do your thing. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Go ahead. As believers, that is our commission. Now, does that mean we're all evangelists? No. Uh, in a minor sense, yes, but as far as the <laughs> official, an official evangelist, an official evangelist, no. You don't have to be. Does that mean we're all pastors? No. Does that mean we're all do all have this speci- all have the same specific gifting? No. No. But but what this looks like. Is not necessary. We don't necessarily have to go out and street, go on street, and, uh, and go uh, and be street preachers. If that's your thing, go for it. Pray, praise it's God. Stick right. with the scriptures. Take a camera with you and keep it on. It, we, this this is in our comings and our goings. Sure, there's a passage about that too. I forgot where that's at. Now, share the, in our comings and goings, sharing the love of sharing the message and love of Christ. Wherever we go. Amen. Now, to be clear, if you if you want to take that as, no, preach the gospel all the times, and if necessary, use words, <laughs> that statement is not biblical whatsoever. At all. The gospel is to be proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. No, uh, the Apostle Paul. I've, I've, I've come to you with what was of first importance. Jesus was born a virgin according to the scriptures. Died for our sins according to the scriptures. Amen. And was raised from the dead according for our scripture according to the scriptures. And that message is to be proclaimed. Mm-hmm. If you confess Christ, that is your message. That is your mandate. Now it doesn't always have to be in a in a thing. It could be a, it could be a simple thing. No, talking to the person at work. Hey man, you know God died for you, right? Too much tea. That is our commission. And there's gonna be people that we can't get to. That. You know, there's going to be people that your grandma can talk to. There's going to be people that Matt can talk to that I can't talk to. And vice versa. Yeah. 
And that's the whole, that, that, that verse is going to, you look at that and you're like, so a woman went out and did that? Yeah. It's because Jesus knew that he couldn't necessarily go in the city and just well, preach well, that he, well, he, he could have. Sure. But, but, but the point was with that, and then he went back to it. No, she, when everything clicked, she ran off on her own. Yeah, he didn't and even And told tell everybody, hey, comes here what this guy has to say. Exactly. I mean, the Great Commission, no, that is our commission. And that is something that I want to continue to pursue with this podcast, uh, with this show. Radio, well, if you're well, if you're listening without the video, I guess a radio show. Yeah. Hopefully we didn't have too much dead time or belching or sneezing <laughs> in the microphone. I apologize. <laughs> I, muted it when I was, muted it when I felt them coming. Oh, I love you. I'm man. getting better. I'm trying to get better at that. No. But the the gospel is something that shouldn't we should not be taken lightly. No, not at all. It is the is a, is an amazing grace of God that this thing is. Yep. Yep. And if you think for one second that you don't think you, oh, this doesn't apply to you, think again. Because the phrase no, make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. When we are saved, when we are saved, God has things that he has for us to do. Not to be saved, but because we have been saved. Yeah. So I guess with that, we've been talking for a while now. Um, This has been great. Mike, thanks. Thank you, buddy. I look forward, I look forward to more. Um. And I'm still learning the whole show prep thing and trying to figure th- try to figure that out. It's all right. Um, if any of you have any questions, uh, shoot me uh, shoot me a message on at Facebook uh, at Believing Theologist on Twitter at Believing Theolo. Um, leave a comment on the U- on the YouTube channel. Please be nice. <laughs> hey, give us <laughs> topics. That's you know. Yeah, absolutely. Not a bad idea. If you have any topic ideas, let, let, let's hear it. Um, there are some things we probably will not address on this show. Um, I, I'll say just just for the, just for the sake of you, the listeners, and and for Mike, Mike and I myself, um, a lot of other topics we probably we'd be willing we'd be willing to hit. Um, hit us up, let us know. <coughs> Don't cough in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, well I say at this point it's been real. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Right, no problem. Have a good night, everybody. This has been an episode of Believing Theologists, proclaiming the gospel and sound doctrine to the furthest reaches of the great state of Michigan. If any of you listening have any questions, comments, look at Believing Theologists on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, or Google Play. I look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you'll stick around for a few episodes and more. This has been Believing Theologists. God bless. <laughs>